as our next guest is patiently waiting down the line this afternoon. The man I do speak of is the co-host of the Cricket Unfiltered podcast, Andrew Mansell. Manners, welcome back to the program. Yeah, g'day, Matt. What a great time to chat after a proud WA product brought up is made in Test Entry only a little while ago. Yeah, it's... uh... A great knock from him so far. He's been fantastic. He's done it pretty quickly as well. 112 off of 163 as we continue on. It's a, it's a little bit different to what Kawaja has been doing. He's just been so patient and just uh, playing his shots as he sees them. But uh, Cam Green has been a little bit more aggressive. And, uh, geez, it's great to see. We wish we could have had him out there for the first two matchups. Yeah, he was really missing from the first two test matches. But this is just such a... You know, this is a really big moment for Australian cricket because he's, you know, he's he's done well in his Test career so far, but he's failed to break through for that big score. And you know, this hopefully will sort of be um, the start of you know a lot more beginnings and maybe open the floodgates because we've seen in his short first-class career for WA that he's got the ability to bat and bat for big scores. He's you know he's not sort of a lower order dasher that you can sort of pencil in for 60 or 70 you know he likes 160 or 170 so yeah this is just a fantastic day for the future of Australian cricket it certainly is and well I mean for a guy like Usman Khawaja who whose test career we thought may have been finished you know only a couple of years ago what he is doing right now is just remarkable yeah so when he's came back into the side in January uh, 22, and he's made 600 since coming back into the side. So, you know, he's been on some kind of run. He's the leading test run scorer in that period, and he's done it everywhere. Done it here, done it in Pakistan, uh, done it in India now. So he, he's he's going to go out on top, and this is just a great um, testament to, you know, him for sticking with it. He had, you know, a couple of years just playing shield cricket, and he, he never let, you know, let his head go down or anything. He just kept plugging away, and Look at him now, one of the world's best batters again. He certainly is. Uh, it's remarkable to see what he is doing. So what, what's been the biggest difference uh, in this, well, in the third and fourth test, uh, you know, when you look at it so far, men, as compared to the first two, you know, where they were sweeping out everything, what do you feel has been the biggest difference in these uh, most recent two tests? Well, I think Australia has the right team on the paddock now for these last two test matches. And when we spoke about Cameron Green, he just adds that balance being the all-rounder. And I think Mitchell Stark is probably a slightly better quick bowler than Pat Cummins. So we've you know, probably got the best attack. I mean, Kuhneman wasn't in India for the first Test match, so you know, they probably would have um, liked to have had him at Nagpur. So, you know, they just got the team wrong. They obviously dropped heads for the first match. So, you know, they've come into the third match with their best 11, with a little bit of experience under their belt. And uh, it's proven, um, you know, to be very good. And, you know, they're looking good in this test match. And, you know, I guess something to just keep an eye on is the next time these two teams meet, it'll be a, a five-test series. And mm-hmm. you know, maybe the Indians are kind of lucky this isn't a five-test series because, you know, we're coming over the top of them pretty hard. Uh, of course, Australia without Pat Cummins, and we send our best wishes, our condolences uh, to Pat Cummins and his family. Uh, his mother did pass away. Uh, overnight. Uh, really sad news and um, we do wish him all the best and uh, yeah, it's just uh, very sad news um, you know, with the backdrop of, of such great cricket being played, Menace. Yeah, it is sad news and I'm, I'm sure um, the team will be thinking of him and 
I guess uh, it's good that he was able to get home um, after that second test match. So, uh, yeah, the thoughts go with, you know, his family. And, uh, yeah, look, the, the team's doing well on the field. And I'm sure, um, yeah, I'm sure they'll be thinking of their mate back home. Mm, I'm sure they will too. So uh, what are your thoughts on this, this Indian lineup, uh, Menas, as we look at it? And uh, how do you think the rest of of this test will play out. The Aussies in, in prime position right now at four for 375. Uh, there was a review before as we were speaking, but Kawaja not out still. Uh, what are your thoughts on, on how this fourth and final test will play out? Well, I mean, this looks like a batting paradise. I think the Australians will just want to bat and bat and bat. I wouldn't even think they'll declare today or, or if they did, it might be very, very late mm. in the day. So, Australia will want to get a massive score and control the game. I, I think India will probably bat well on this pitch. We yet to see the best of a lot of their top order, and um, they might find this pitch pretty good to bat on. But but I, the main thing is Australia have the, have had the best use of it. So if it does slight to turn a bit, then hopefully Lyon, uh, Kuhneman, and Murphy can do a bit of damage. But I, I guess draw might be, you know sort of the favourite at the moment, the way this pitch is looking, unless it deteriorates. Yeah, a yeah, bit of a different looking pitch compared to the first uh, three. So w- what does this all mean for the World Test Championship final? Um, you know, when you look at this for the preparation of the Aussies and then, of course, the Ashes not too far away, are the Aussies the number one team in the world? Well, I think they are at the moment. And um, look, I don't think this series has too big a bearing on, on those conditions. They'll be so different, obviously. We won't, we won't be playing three spinners in June in, uh, <laughs> in the UK, so the team is going to have a very different look the next time they run out there, but uh, I think, look, just credit goes to the team for turning it round. I mean, we've seen so many Aussie teams, they get smashed early on and then they, they just can't come back. Well, you know, they've fought back, they've put a bit of respectability into the performance, and you know, if they can finish this test match off, well, that'd be something else. It certainly would. We're speaking to Andrew Mensel from the Cricket Unfiltered podcast here on Sports Drive this afternoon. Uh, Menas, let's turn our attention to some more local news here in WA. Ooh, because big news. big news in WA. Yes, the great Sean Marsh, uh, for those who haven't heard yet, he has announced his retirement from first-class cricket. Uh, what an amazing 23-year career he's had. WA's all-time leading run scorer. Uh, he's won many Sheffield Shields as the winning captain. Um, yeah, it's um, it's remarkable what he's been able to do, and um, he's announced his retirement. What are your thoughts on on the great Shaw Marsh? Yeah, well, I saw the announcement. I had a little bit of a look at his international record, and probably a one-day international cricket. He's got his best figures, I think seven centuries for the Aussies, averaging over 40. Um, so, you know, really good one-day player like his dad. A test level, 600, an average of 35, um, over 2,000 runs. So, you know, really good career. So uh, he'll be missed. And he did he did perform so well in the sort of last few years when he sort of wasn't going to play international cricket again and uh, was sort of the backbone of that Western Australian lineup. And, yeah, sort of goes out on top. You know, he was still scoring runs pretty consistently. And uh, I, I think... The big thing is there's a lot of good players coming through in WA and probably time to give up his spot for one of the youngsters. Do you see WA going three from three two years in a row? 
I think so. I mean, Victoria are coming home with a wet sail, so that, that could be tough to stop. I mean, I know you've got them um, in the next game before the final, so we'll get a pretty good indicator there. But, you know, they've got a good bowling attack. Um, Mitch Perry in particular is bowling well. So, yeah, I, I, WA just on this golden run, they've got a lot of great players, well coached by Adam Voges, and yeah, hard to see them uh, getting beaten. Yeah, do, do you think uh, at some point um, they, they might look to, to bring in, you know, Cricket Australia might look to bring in a, a second WA side when we talk about like a BBL franchise, for example, because of the depth of talent we have right now? I mean, come on, let's not get carried away, Matt. I mean, uh, <laughs> there's no way, no way. Um, you don't I, think, I think so? Not, not a chance, not a chance. Uh, uh, no, no. There's not a, certainly not enough talent for two teams. And, and actually, the case study shows, not just in WA, but even in New South Wales and Victoria, having two teams does really split the talent pool. Yeah. So, no, dub, the, the Scorchers would be... The Scorchers would be very unhappy with that. Can you imagine half the, their players went over to the rival side? Um, yeah, no. The, uh, yes. Not going to happen. Mm. Oh well, uh, yeah, I wouldn't like to see it happen either. I think it's you know it's great to have the the depth of talent that we have right now in the one team. But um, geez, I could see it happening at some point. Well, I did see I did see an interesting um, comment online that you know this WA one day team and the Scorchers T Twenty team could beat a lot of international sides, and I think you can make a pretty good case for that. I think. Um, that WA one-day team has a lot of players that could be playing international cricket. Well, I think they wouldn't have looked out of place if they were wearing the green and gold the other day in the final. <laughs> That's true. I mean, 387, that was... I mean, Josh Inglis um, is, you know, a massive star, and uh, I, I was so thrilled with that innings. Um, 138 opening the batting. He, um, he, you know, he could make a real case for opening in the 50-over World Cup later this year, so that was something else. I think uh, Cameron Green's walking off, yeah. caught behind off um, Ravindra, uh, Ravi Ashwin, uh, so goes for 114. That is, well, just flicked the glove on the... Well, Green's unlucky the keeper took it. He flicked it down the leg side and Barrett took one. So, well, that can't, that's an over-200-run partnership for Kalaja and Green. What an effort. That's uh, a great WA effort. WA should be very proud. Yeah, we certainly are. Five for three seventy-eight now. The Aussies, Cam Green, out for one fourteen off of one seventy. Didn't even look like he got too much of that uh, bat to ball, but uh, it was enough, and he uh, has walked off. So in comes Alex Carey. Uh, well, men, as I don't want to keep talking in, in case we we have another wicket now, so uh, we might stop it there. But uh, men, as it's been a pleasure uh, once again chatting on the program today. Thank you very much for taking the time, and all the very best. Thanks, Matt. Take care. Thank you. There he goes, Andrew Mensel, co-host of the Cricket Unfiltered podcast. I thank him for his time on today's show.